Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Bamidbar, Tafshin Pei Gimel, uh, as we get into the uh, mode, uh, the Shvuis mode. Hopefully we'll have one thought at the end in Yanni Shvuis. Uh, next week, Brother Shem, I hope that there will be a Parshas here, but for the next uh, five weeks or so, Eretz Yisrael will be uh, a week ahead. Uh, so uh, B'nai Chutz Laretz will uh, be able to listen uh, a week earlier. I think Chukas Balak, it gets uh, pretty early. Sometimes it goes for months. But I think Chukas Balak is together in Chutz Laretz, and they're never together here in Eretz Yisrael. So I think it's about for, uh, four or five weeks uh, that we will be a, uh, a week ahead. Okay, so we start off with something in Sefer by Midrash, which we discussed many years ago. I think the first year of our Shiurim, 15 years ago. But it's, uh, it's something to review. Uh, and that is Rabbi Yaakov Kavanesky's thought at the beginning of the Parsha. Uh, the, of course, the uh, Parsha is all about numbers, numbers and structure and flags. And uh, as we know, the, uh, the Parsha starts off with the counting. Suez Rosh Kaladas B'nai Yisrael, we'll get to the counting. Uh, <coughs> but um, it's the counting with the uh, sections that every uh, Shevet is supposed to have and the flags that they will have. And the question that's asked by Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky is that it's such a misudar, such, a, such an organized structure and parsha and the way they march and the way they uh, encamp. And, and the question is, why was it delayed until now? As we know, the beginning of the parsha, beginning of the sefer. Hashem spoke to Moshe in the, about Harsinai. At the beginning of Er in the second year. B'nai Yisrael have, have been out of Mitzrayim a year. And if this is the way they're supposed to march, so why uh, do, do, not, do, the, do they not receive this sivui and have the marching even, even earlier? That's Rabbi Yaakov's question. This minyan kinire miseder misader ashvatim shemona as God acharuven v'shimon hayabiyichod kedil lasader zinyana degolim. This minyan, the counting was as part of uh, having them in placement with their flags, with their um, area that it was just going to be theirs. Right when they went out, back in Shmos, they went out, they had the Shvatim's uh, groups and the families. They didn't run out as, as Avadim, uh, scurrying out at night. They went out with heads held high, a free nation. They were in their groups. So why was this whole structure of Sefer Bamidbar delayed where this could, could have been given in Parshas B'Shalach? Parshas Bo, right when they went out, uh, they could have gotten this whole, the whole message. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and there are those that uh, expand on it, but let's just hear Rabbi Yaakov's words. The flags, what are the flags? The flags aren't just flags. Every shavit has their own flag, and every flag has its own color and its own symbol. What, is that, what does that symbolize? It symbolizes the unique talents and essences of each of the shvatim. Every shavit had, had a different mahus different talents, different strengths. So it's amazing. Every flag celebrates that shevet. But there's a danger with that. There's a danger of not having one nation with 12 tribes, but it could lead to 12 nations. How do I make sure that the differences amongst the nation don't lead to 12 different nations? That's the challenge here. 
El Shibemis Inyan and Degolam Lachor who appeared Alavavos. Kizevadai, Shakot Seva, Yeshbo Ezel Semom Yuchad. Right? Every color has a special significance. Vachenat Siurim Shahayu are called Degel Vadegel. Also, the pictures that were on every flag. And we know every Shevet was uh, represented by a different animal. Every Shevet has certain uh, midos, attributes, different uh, goals. And the goal of one was different than the goal of the other. One might excel in Torah, one in Avoda, one in Gemilas Chasadim. There's all different goals. The Nimsa, so the flags could really pull us in different directions. Unless you have glue in the middle. Unless you have something that's holding everything together. And right when we left Mitzrayim, we didn't have that. Because what was going to be the glue? What was in the middle? There was nothing there yet. Only post Maimon Arsinai. Only post, once we had the Aran in the middle. And the Mishkan built around it, which is a magnet. Which is a magnet for all of Kala Yisrael. Then you could have the Degolim. Then everybody could celebrate their differences without the danger of being pulled too far apart. Since we have one center, and everyone is encamped around the Mishkan. If you have that middle, that heart, then the differences don't cause separation. But every person is omed on in their own place. And there's no separation. Come over Adam. Like when a person, a person has an arm and two arms and legs and eyes, right? they all work together, they don't fight with each other. Ears are meant to hear and eyes are meant to see. You're going to think there's a machlokas between them? Because, you know, the eye, they have different functions? No. It's also in a nation. Everybody has different function. Since we're all connected around one centralized point, there's no chash. So only after we have the Mishkan. And the center of the Mishkan, as we know, is the Aron with the Luchos and the Torah. As long as the Mishkan wasn't built yet, and we didn't have that centralized magnetic spiritual force only then we could celebrate our differences. Right? We have to have that glue. And in, in any organization or in any family, in a marriage, in a marriage there are differences. Right? Every spouse, each spouse has strengths and they're meant to complement each other. We're meant to complement our spouse and not to be a mirror of our spouse. But as long as there's something holding us together, Right, the goal of a bias nam and the goal of a, of a house of uh, Abdus of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and therefore says Rabbi Yaakov, that's why there was a delay, and he ends off with the word vinachon, and this is something that I believe in very much, and an important message for life about celebrating our differences, but all with the glue, the connection within, like elu ve'elu debriyelukim chayim. Yes, wonderful. These and these. But it all has to be within run framework of, of, of Torah and Avodah Hashem. Okay, so there is a Medrash. There's a Medrash quoted at the beginning of source number two. And we've given a number of Mepharshim, Pirushim over the years. Um, I think some of the first ones uh, we've done at various times. 
but the last one is going to be new. The Eish Tamid, Rav Druk here, um, quotes the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha. Medrash tells us, as we know, Hashem spoke to Moshe in the Midbar, Ba'oa Moed, and parenthetically, as we know, the Parsha are generally connected to the time of year, so a number of the messages of Parsha by Midbar will always be connected to Shvuis, the Chag of Kabbalah Satora, as this one surely Surely will be. So the Pasuk says at the beginning of the Sefer, Vadabar Shema Moshe bin Marsinai. Lama bin Midbar Sinai. What's the emphasis of the Midbar? We know they were in the Midbar. They've been in the Midbar. They were there and they're going to be there for another uh, number of years. We don't know that yet, but they were in the Midbar. Mikan Chachamim Nitna The Torah was given with three things. Connected to three items. Be'esh Ubamayim Ubamidbar. Fire Water and desert. Right? Each of those. As we know, Harsinai was on fire. Right? Ish. The Torah was given with fire. What about water? The waters were dripping. Torah was given to water and Torah is compared to water. Fire, water and Arpasik. Desert. And the question is, many commentaries ask, what is the symbolism of these three items? Fire, water, and desert. So the first is from... As we just said, but Midbar is always going to be the Shabbos before uh, Shavuos, because as we know, the Takanas Ezra was that we read the Tochacha, the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Shavuos and the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. Right? And that's why Kisava will always be two weeks before Rosh Hashanah and Bamid and Bukhukosai will always be two weeks before always be two weeks before Shavuos, generally. So what is it? Is there a connection? So these three ideas, fire, water, and midbar, connect us to uh Shavuos. So let's see his words. He quotes three ideas. And again, I think the first two we've quoted over the years, but the third one will be uh, will be uh, a new one. So first he quotes from Mayor Shapiro. Mayor Shapiro writes this in a number of places. Here he quotes it from his Sefer Imre Das. Uh, he also quotes it in the Hagdama of his of his Shuvis. What exactly is the message of the three? So you see on the right side now on page two. Shehine Am Yisrael Am. From the early days of Am Yisrael. Gila Tamid Mesiris Nefesh Munaso. Hashem revealed, or we revealed to Hashem, Tremendous Mesiris Nefesh. We would do anything for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We went, instead of bowing to the cross, we always were Moser Nefesh. We gave our lives. We jumped into the sea and we gave our lives. When the nations of the world, and it wasn't so unoften that it happened over the past 2,000 years that we were forced to stand up for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Where did this come from? Says the Lublina Rav, Ramer Shapiro, three early events in our history. Three early events lay the groundwork for this Mesiris Nefesh, this Koach. Koach zev etchuna zu shalam Yisrael. Bo'olo de bitu yikari bishlo shamo ra'o shal divra yimei ha'am. Early, three early events. Three early events Number one is the first Jew, Avraham, Aviha Uma. Avraham Avinu, Nizrach Lekivshana Eish, was thrown into the fiery furnace 
We know this from the Medrash. We know this is not written explicitly. That's also something we discussed in the past. Why doesn't it say this story explicitly in the Torah? That when Nimrod threw Avram in. But either way, we know it from the f- reference Ur Kazdim. Avram was thrown into fire. Ba'adem Munasoa Because of his pure emuna. Asher Hafiz Adam, that he believed and also he spread. As the Rambam describes in the beginning of Hilchas Avodah Zara, through this Avram Avinu planted into his children, into his descendants, the power of Mesiras Nefesh. That's fire. That's fire. Parenthetically, parenthetically, remember <laughs> the thought. The Ruach Chaim, the Nefesh Chaim, writes beautifully on Pirkei Avos. The two Mishnayos in the second half of Pirkei Avos, the para, I think it's in Parakei where the Mishnah says that there were ten generations from Noach to Avraham to teach us the patience that Hashem has. There were ten tests that Avram Avinu went through. Why, asked of Chaim Yivalajan, does the first Mishnah say Noach to Avraham and the second Mishnah say ten tests of Avraham Avinu? Avinu is only quoted in the second Mishnah. One right after the other. Only the second Mishnah has Avinu by the ten tests, not by the ten generations from Noach to Abraham. Explains Rav Chaim Yivalajan, because Avinu is not just telling something us biologically. It's not, Noach to Abraham, that's about Abraham the individual. But by the tests, Avram Avinu put into the DNA of his descendants the power to pass their tests. And he writes there, whenever a Jew gives his life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's from that Koach of Avraham Avinu who was Moser Nefesh, who was Moser Nefesh, right here, Nimrod, ur He was Avinu in that way. And that's number one, that's fire. That's the first event. Line 12. And if you think it's only an individual, a Yachid, Kriyas Yamsuf was number two. It might have started, different Pshatim in the Gemara, it might have started with a Yachid, according to one opinion, Nachshom and Aminadav, but according to other opinions, it was a whole group. But even if it was Nachshon, we followed. Even though the water might have crashed down on us at any time. How do we know that the water won't drown us? But we had that Amuna. We had that Amuna, all of Kriyas Yamsuf, the Mesiris Nefesh. Sha'az Kafatz Am Shalem, El Tochayama So'er, to the stormy sea, Lefit Sivli Hakel Vayisa'u. Right? Dabra, when he said, tell him to travel. So that's water. So we have fire, we have water. And if one thinks that it's only Mesiris Nefesh for a moment, no, it's Mesiris Nefesh for 40 years. That was, number one, individual, momentary. Number two, national, momentary. But here comes the third event. We went into the desert, right, desolate. There were no snacks, there was no water. For an extended period of time. Because of the love that we had for Hashem and for His Prophet, for His Navi, as Yermio says. So these three events, fire, water, and desert, those are the three that are hinted to in the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha. These three uh, are about the Mesiris Nefesh that we had early in our history and it was implanted in us um, as we continue. Number one, Rav Meir Shapiro. Number two, going back a uh, hundred years before Rav Meir Shapiro, and that's the Ksav Sofer. 
the great son of the Chassam Sofer, in his commentary on the Torah. Again, in the past years we saw it inside. Here he quotes it. We'll just see it through his words this time, so we could get through to the third one. Says the Chassam Sofer, water, fire, and desert all symbolize something. Right? Not like the first shot of the three events, but they symbolize. Number one, Mayim. As we just mentioned earlier, source line number four, Nitna Bamayim, Lahoros Mashamru Chazal, Lama Nimshlutivitoralamayim. Torah is compared to water, Mamayim Yordimimakum Gavala Makum Namuch, just like water flows down, Kaktivitoramanichalamishadaito Gvoa, Vahokalamishadaito Shvela. So too Torah goes down. Torah stays by the humble. Torah cannot exist with the arrogant. So hold Dafim Sota. Hold Dafim Sota, which Dafyomi finished Mesecha Sota today. Back in the first parak, right, Mesecha Sota, talks all about Ba'ale Gaiva, how Hashem says, there's not enough room in this world for the two of us. And if we take up too much room, then Hashem leaves. Hashem's not interested in being near a Ba'al Gaiva. And therefore, just like water, water flows down. We know the greatest of our, the greatest of our people were the, the most humble. If we think about the great Gedoli Olam, as we know from the, the most recent time, the greatest are the ones that are the most humble. Going all the way back, of course, to Moshe Rabbeinu. As, as the Gemara says, expanding on, right, Harsinai was the smallest of the mountains. The Torah was given. Right, it's pointed out, the Torah wasn't given in a valley. You need a little bit of self-awareness. So it was a mountain, but it was the smallest mountain. And therefore, the message is, humility uh, along with Acknowledgement of self-worth. So number one, water is representative of humility. Something that we need for Kabbalah Satorah. Number two, fire. Number two, fire. Nitna ba'esh, hatorah nimshla la'esh, kiner mitzvah v'torah or. Shemeira la'adamu madricheo derech yelechba. The Torah is our light. Like we hold a torch at night to know which way to go, the Torah is our GPS. The Torah is our ways. Va'amru, tachlis, chachma, tshuva umaisim tovim, umatelas ben Sahara. Right? Fire, fire that has to uh, lead us at night. There's darkness in the world. And we need the torch of the Torah, the fire of the Torah, to light up. Right? That's how we have to recognize that we have to fashion our lives to fit the Torah. As we have mentioned, kavata itim la Torah. We have to set our itim. We have to set the times of our lives to the Torah and not chatzpah on the opposite. Just take parts of the Torah that fit in and put it to the, and put it to the itim. So that is fire. So water is humility. Fire is light. We have to let the Torah be the light of our lives and lead us. And finally, Bamidbar, Bamidbar, source 20, line 21, Yishlomar al-derech hasha'amru chazal, lo nitna Torah ela la'ochle haman. She'enam avakshin mosaros. If we have Gashmi focuses in our life, then we're not going to be able to be perfectly connected to Hashem. The focus of our lives has to be Ruchnius. Right? Midbar, in the desert, there's nothing. There's no uh, lavish feasts. There's no uh, comfortable, amazing uh, couches. No. There's enough to live. Right? So we have to make sure that we have that midah too. Midbar, not focusing on olam azeb, but recognizing olam abab is where it's at. So those are the three mayim, esh, 
and Midbar, three Midos. So while Rav Meir Shapiro said it was about three events of Mesiris Nefesh early in our history, the Ksav Sofer says it's about three Midos that we have to hone and, ref- and perfect to be Makabal the Torah. So now we finally have the third, uh, the third one, which I think is new. Od Yesh Lavar, he says this on his own, Bederach Nosefes, right now on the next page, on page three. Another rem is Tumayim Eish Midbar, Shaharei. Eish Umayim Heim Stira Zelazeh. Fire and water are mutually exclusive, besides for Makas Barad. But other than that, in history, fire and water are mutually exclusive. They can't, they can't um, be together. They can't dwell together. Either the water puts out the fire, or the fire burns up the water. So they cannot coexist, fire and water. Let's continue. And neither of them could exist in the desert. In the desert, there's nothing. There's just sand. Right? Fire needs fuel, and water doesn't exist. It's desolation. Right? So desert cannot exist with water and fire. Water and fire cannot exist with each other. So they're all mutually exclusive. What does that mean? They're all very different from each other. Just like the Torah was given with, connected to these three items, water, as the Pesukim said earlier in the Medrash, you can't say the Torah is only connected to one type of Jew. Only very smart Jews. Only very firm Jews. Only ones with this personality. The Torah is connected to every single person, even if they're very different from each other. Like fire and water and desert are different from each other. From all the types. Every person, wherever they are, they have connection. Wherever, right? Wherever they uh, are, and this is a tochachas megula. This is an open rebuke to both groups. Those that say, "Well, Torah isn't shayach to me. I don't have a Torah brain. You know, I don't have, I don't have the ability to sit. I don't have the ability to listen." There is something in Torah that could connect to each one of us. Those that slip away from being involved in Torah, but Taina, Torah doesn't connect. It's not matim to me. Who am I? I have, I'm this type. I'm that type. No, the Torah is connected to all. Or others who say the Torah is only connected to my type of personality, not the other ones. Right? We can't. We can't go in either direction. We've quoted in Haggadah Shiurim. In the past, the thought of Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, that's quoted in the Beis Halevi Haggadah, on the one word in the Haggadah that reflects this whole idea. Keneged Arba'abanim Dibra Torah. Remember Baruch HaMakom Baruch Hu? Baruch Amo Yisrael. Keneged, opposite the four sons. Dibra Torah. What does that mean, Keneged? So Reb Chaim explained, every other area of study in the world has beginner content and intermediate and advanced and super advanced 
and the first grader and the sixth grader and the eighth grader and the high schooler and the, and the professor aren't studying the same material. No, it'd be silly. You can't study the same material. And you could graduate and maybe master the whole material and, and done. The Torah is Keneged, Arbabanim, all four sons. The same Rashi that the second grader studies and the eighth grader studies and the high school and the biggest Rosh Hashiva study. It's the same Rashi. Everybody gets something different out of it. But that's the magic of the Torah. Keneged, Arbabanim is connected every single, whether the person's fire, whether he's water, whether he's desert. The Torah is connected all. And that's what he quotes from Pirkei Avos, and he quotes it from the Rambam, that the Jewish people have three crowns, Keser Torah, Keser Kahuna, and Keser Malchus. And two of the three, you got it or you don't got it, right? Keser Torah, Keser Malchus, and Keser Kahuna, that's only for Malchus based David and the Kohanim, but Keser Torah, Munach, Va'omed, Umuchan Lakol, that's for everyone to, uh, to come and partake, and that's the greatest one. Three ideas relating to this Madrash. Okay. So we get into the countings more. And the question is, what was the purpose of the counting? So Rashi already quotes. Rashi already quotes, but let's see from the Ramban. Rav Salvation source number five is going to comment on the Ramban. I didn't give you the Ramban, but I'll read the Ramban. The Ramban discusses what was the purpose of the counting here in the beginning of Bamidbar. Says the Ramban. I'm reading this as Parak Aleph Pasig Lamid Beis in the Ramban. And then we're going to see the Rav Salvechuk's comments. What was the purpose of this counting? Why did Moshe have to know? Muamshad is to show them and to show us the chaste, the kindness of Hashem. With 70 souls. We went down to Mitzrayim. And now look at them. Thousands, hundreds of thousands. Seventy to hundreds of thousands in such a short period of time. Right, so that is message number one. To see Chazde Hashem, how, what our numbers are. And then the Ramban continues. V'od. V'od, another answer. Every person who went in front of Moshe, the great prophet and his brother, the Kadosh Hashem, and they're known to each of these great people. This will be a great schus. Everyone gets counted by Moshe and Aaron. Ki yasimu alehem enam letova. This should be a more famous Ramban. Because they put their eye on them. Yivakshu alehem rachamim. And they'll david for them. V'chulu. Says Rav Salvation. What's the Ramban driving at? Says the Rav in source number five. Rabban says, what, what, what are the reasons of the counting? Number one, to know the number. To know the number, to show how kind Hashem is, because we have so many. And number two, so that every Jew would go in front of Moshe and Aaron. And he would know them. And he would get to know them. Ramban's two explanations reflect two types of counting. The purpose of the first type is simply to gain knowledge of the total number of an item. Right? How many Jews? The sum. How many, and the sum gives us a message. For example, one counts his money, he wants to know how much he has. It's the total that interests him. The individual coins or bills have no intrinsic value. I just want to know the total. 
The second type of counting has a different objective. The ultimate goal is to recognize and appreciate each individual and is not necessarily concerned with the total number. Right, what does the Ramban say? So that each Jew could go in front of Moshe and Moshe could get to know them and Moshe could recognize them and Moshe could daven for them. Right, that's his Lashon. Yevakshu yasimu alehem enam latova yevakshu alehem rachamim. That's the power. We think Moshe didn't know. Moshe was at least try. Well, Moshe Rabbeinu was great. So did he know every Jew? The millions of Jews? Okay, maybe. Hashem told Moshe, take a census by number of their names. It was not enough for Moshe to know the total number. Moshe now had an added obligation as the Rebbe of the entire Jewish nation to know every Jew by name. Bimispar Shemos suggests an intimate relationship with every individual. And that's what he says. To be an effective Rebbe, Moshe had to know each person as an individual with his own background and life experience. But if a Rebbe wants to be successful, he's got to get to know his Talmidim. He's got to sit with them. He's got to talk with them outside of the Torah. The relationship. The relationship of a Rebbe and a Talmud, and that's what was demanded by Moshe. And that was the second reason for the, for the census. Not just the total, to know how great, how kind Hashem is, but the purpose and the reflection of a great Rebbe. Because every great Rebbe has to know his Talmidim as well as possible. Moving right along, a thought from Yvichesko Levenstein, which I think we quoted from the Chafetz Chaim in the past. But here we see it in the name of Yvichesko Levenstein. And that is, if you look at the numbers, we quoted this from the Chafetz Chaim in Parshas Pinchas in the past. But now we're quoting it here. That's the other counting. But here we have the counting of all the Shvatim. And as we know, Levi is very small. Levi is very small. The Ramban also talks about that, why Levi is very small. But Dun is very big. Dun is very big, right? Dega machani dun. You have the uh, all the countings of dun. Not going to find the uh, the pasuk right now, but but dun, as we know, is the maasef. Dun is uh, at the end. It is the the uh, largest shevet um, that we have listed. Lefnei dun. Here it is. Shnei v'shishim elef sixty two thousand seven hundred. A huge shevet. So that's interesting. Why is it interesting? Says Yevichaska Levinstein. We learn from here a Musar Haskell, source number six. Shaharei, Binyamin, just by contrast, right? Binyamin was 35,000. 35,000 something. 35,400. And done, it's, it was one right after another, is 62,000. Says Rabbi Chazka Levenstein. Let's think back to the previous generation. Binyamin, as we know, had a huge mishpacha, ten sons going down to Mitzrayim. Mishpacha gadola shemansa asar yeladim. Imkain, what do we think? What were those family get-togethers like in the Shvatim household when they got together for Yantif? Right, everybody, Yaakov was there, all the Shvatim were there. Binyamin had his ten sons, children, grandchildren, and done. We might even say Nebuch. He had one son, Chushim. He was deaf, the Gemara says. And everybody probably kind of looked at Dun and said, mm, what's going to be with Shevet Dun? What's going to be with Shevet Dun? Binyamin, ten sons, Mivorach betzet, Merubim. And Dun, one son, Cheresh Balmum, Hegyoni Hayash, Yetzei, Mimenu Shevet Katan. I would have thought 
that Don would be pretty small and Binyamin would be pretty big. The Ilu Besofer Shaldavar, Ira Hafechagamer, but we see in our parsha it was exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. Binyamin had 35,400, Don had 62,700, almost double. Almost double. What's the message? You never know. You never know. Hare Lanush Hashem Yisbarach Omeid Liyamin Dalim Hashem stands to the right of the poor and dejected and weak. Shesamim Yiftacham Bolav Ado that trust Him. Ki Aboteach Rach Bekochov Kishron Osav. He who trusts His own strength. Uba Meshe B'Derech Ateva Nirash Yishlo Sibos Latzliach. If you're all, it's all based on natural flow. Alu Besof Lisachzev. It's going to lead to depression and sadness. Hashem doesn't work like that. Hashem doesn't work based on logic, based on natural events. And that's what we see. That's what we see often. He says, line 17. Sometimes you see somebody who's very successful, has all the talents in the world, and he's not. And sometimes you see somebody who doesn't seem to be so mutzlach. And somebody doesn't have it all, you know, have it together. And they end up being very successful. And that's what he says. Oh, he quotes it from the Chafetz Chaim. Quotes it from the Chafetz Chaim. But um, this is the message. You never know. You never know. We just have to put our bitachon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And in that way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will work things out. And then here in the Lusit Chayalyon, they quote a story uh, that the Chafetz Chaim said over. That one time there was a Shabbos Kodesh. There was a Shabbos Kodesh in Galicia. Before Meir Ban Motzi Shabbos, they would get together to say Tehillim and Shul. One time there was a Jew that came into Shul and saw another Jew in the corner of the Shul davening his heart out and crying and crying and davening. And he couldn't, he was very inspired. See this other Jew davening with such lavas Kodesh. And he went to daven because he all said what to daven for. After Meir of Jew number one goes over to Jew number two and says, I saw you daven so much. What are you davening for? What are you bothered by? The man said, I have a daughter that's already of marriageable age. I have no money to give in her dowry. I don't know where it's going to come from, where the issue is going to come from. And the whole week, I don't have, I'm, I'm not in my house, I don't have time to focus on Shabbos, I just daven all day. And when Jew number one heard this, he said, you know what, I have a son. I have a son, and that's what I was davening for. The Kachave, as we know, how the story would work out. They got together, they made the Shidduch, and those were the parents of four of the greatest of the Achronim, the Ksos, the Kutras Asveikos, um, of course, the other brothers are Mordechai, Vachulu. So you could just daven and daven. And we have to put our bitachin in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because one never knows. Dun and Binyamin. Right? It doesn't look like it's going to end up that way. But that's the way it did. Okay. Paragimel. Paragimel in Sefer Bamidbar. And the parshas Bamidbar. Ve'elo told us Aaron Moshe. These are the toldos. These are the offspring of Aaron and Moshe on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe. And Chazal tell us 
that, who is listed here? Elish, most b'nei Aaron. Hakohanim amashuchim. We only have Aaron's sons. But it says, told us Aaron, Umoshe. So what's the message? So as we know, the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us, Rashi quotes, that Lefi Shalimdan Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu taught the children of Aaron Torah, and therefore, Komalabi, this Ben Chavero Torah, Ki'ilu, Ma'alav, Akasab, Ki'ilu, Yilada. Right? If I teach my, 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 uh, a Talmud, Talmidim are like sons, born. And if I teach my friend's son Torah, it's as if I gave birth to them. That's the Gemara in Sanhedrin that Rashi quotes. If you look in source number eight, Rav Schlesinger and the Elad Dvarim, Relio Schlesinger, he quotes that if you look in Sanhedrin, there's a different Nusach. Not Ki'ilu Yilado, if you teach your friend son Torah as if you gave birth to them, but a different Lashon of Ki'ilu Asa'o, as if you made them. Asiya, formed them. Right? The language is used by, uh, by Avraham. What's, what's the difference in Lashon? Similar Chazal. Ki'ilu asa'o, ki'ilu yilado. Gave birth to them or made them. Says the Eila Hadvarim here. Eilu ve'elu divri lukim chayim. Each one is telling us another message of what we need to know about being a successful Rebbe. We mentioned one message before. Moshe Rabbeinu, take a personal interest, have a personal connection with the Talmidim. That's the ultimate. Says the Elad Varm here, there's another message. Vina Yadua, source number nine. Sheyish ba'av mashe'in b'machanech. Naturally and usually, there's something that a father has that an educator, that a Rebbe doesn't have. Vina b'machanech mashe'in ba'av. And there's something that a machanech has that a father usually, uh, that, that a father doesn't have. What is it? And this is general. Obviously, there are exceptions. And obviously, we need both. There's A father has Rachmanus on his child. A father sometimes has trouble seeing. Right? He always could come up with excuses for the child. And parent-teacher conferences, but you know my child is this, my child is that. There's a Rachmanus that a parent has. That a Rebbe, because he's not biologically connected, he doesn't have naturally. But on the other hand, is also a chisaron. Because of that Rachmanis, maybe he's not as demanding as he could be to achieve the potential of the of the child. It's hard for a father to have demands for a child. So a machanech and a machanech has that, a Rebbe might have that higher demand, but he's lacking the Rahmanis. The, the best Rebbe and the best father, if the father teaches his son Torah and a Rebbe acts like a father, so the best is to have both of these. To be demanding, but with Rachmanus. Demanding with Rachmanus. The balance. The balance. I would say our generation needs a lot of Rachmanus. Right? Probably weighted on the Rachmanus side than on the demanding side. Every generation has its own. But, uh, that we need this balance. Right? Loa kaptan malamed. We can't be too much of a kaptan, but we have to do what we can. 
And maybe that's the two messages of Kilu Yilado Vakilu Asao. Yilado, holid, it's like biological. Right? That's biological, that's the Rahmana side. Right? A Rebbe, Kilu Yilado, but he has to have that. Kilu Asao is a little harsher, is a little stronger. Right, and that's making like Avram, Asu Araisa. He says it's even alluded to in the Psukim in Ha'azinu. Halohu Avicha Konecha, Hu Asacha Referring to Akharish Barakhu. But there you have it. Avicha Konecha Osacha. So you have the double ashen, a father which is uh, reflective of Rahmanis, while Osecha is the reflective of the of the uh, demanding nature of a of a rebbe of a rebbe, and that's what he says towards the bottom, right? That's the double lashon in our in our pasha. We should demalas harebi gedola yosef malas haav rak betznai shehu rebbe amiti umachanech mushlam sheishlo as a skula shel kiilu yolado vegam shel kiilu asao, and then that would be a successful relationship and inspiration of a rebbe for a for a talmud. Connected. It's a separate thought, but a lot of the thoughts tonight are, are connected to each other. A connected thought is found on the Haftorah. It's a drush. It's a drush on the Haftorah, the Haftorah, the second parak of Hosea. Hosea, one of the early Nevi'im, right? The Gemara said, notes that Hosea is way before, right? There were four Nevi'im, the Gemara says, I think in Psachim, four Nevi'im that prophesied at the same time, Hosea, Yeshayo, Hosea was 150 years before the Korban, way earlier. Chagaz, Chaim, Malachi, were all at the end. They're all put in Shreyasar because they're small, not because they're only minor in size, not in quality. Right, that's why we have to be careful when we say the minor prophets. There's nothing minor about them. Right, they're major prophets, but they're small, uh, and therefore we put them all together in the Treyasar. So Hosea, in the first of the Treyasar, he quotes this pasik, So the Pashup Shad is that there'll come a time that a Baruch Hu will love us and call us the children, B'nei Kolchai, right, the children of a living God. But if you read the whole pasik, a little bit of Derek Drush, instead, Bimkom, instead of saying, Lo amiyatem, they'll say b'nei kolchai. Says that here, the uh, quotes from the Torah Samaharitz in, the, in, the, in this Likud Tova Primin, Nira Lafarish, this Pasig is hinting to us about how we're meant to inspire and how we're supposed to give tochacha. Nira Lafarish, yeshdem shnei drachim ba'amires ha There are two ways that one could give rebuke. One successful and one not successful. That's true. Some just give rebuke and they scream at the person. You're terrible. You're wrong. You should be embarrassed. You shouldn't be able to walk outside. I can't believe you. already tell us Is there anybody in this door that knows how to accept rebuke properly? as constructive criticism. And then Rebbe Lezim Azariah says, I don't think anybody knows how to give tochacha nowadays. And this is Rebbe Lezim Azariah in the days of the Tanoim. So even in the days of the Gemara, it's such, it's a mitzvah, but it's a very challenging mitzvah. Right? To do too little is not good and to do too much is not good. That's not the way to do it. What's the way to give tochacha? To uplift, to inspire. Lochein aderech haritzuya. 
speak to his heart. Shalom matim ben melech. Limrod ba'aviv. Come on, you're a ben melech. You know what powers you have? This is, this is, this is beneath you. You are awesome. This behavior is beneath you. Come on, you're better than that. And hopefully through that way, you know, it will enter into his, enter into his consciousness and his neshama. And the Shlach Kadosh, he quotes on the Pasuk in Mishlei, Don't give tochacha by calling somebody a leitz, a scoffer, because penyas na'acha, that's going to lead to hatred. Give tochacha. Say, you're a chacham. You're a tamachacham. You're a tzaddik. Right? You're a tzaddik. And in that way, and he will love you in that way. And maybe that's what this Pasik Abderach Drush. What did the Pasik say? Instead of saying, Lo Amiyatem, you are not my nation, instead of giving that type of rough rebuke, say, Bini Kochai. Right? You are children of Akadish Baruchu. Right? Adif Lomar Lahem bin Nachas, Boofan Shalu Yisu Alav Chait, Halo Bene Kochayatem, Velo Matim Lachem Lasozos, Umasechem, Yikrivuchem, Labina Shabashamayim. So that's how we're supposed to talk, and that's how a Rebbe has to talk, putting all the, the messages that we spoke about uh, together. One final thought related to Shvuas, as we, uh, as we, um, get ready from the, uh, Kabbalah Satora. Again, a thought that maybe has come up in the past, but, um, it's a very creative thought from Rav Asher Weiss on Kafalem Hakagigis. The mountain of our heads like a barrel. So much has been written on that. We're not going to read his whole thought in source number 11 and 12. The discussion of Tosfus about why we needed Kafalem Hakagigis. If we already said Nasavinishma, all the different answers that are given to that question. Um, explains Rav Asher Weiss. Maybe there's a message here. Maybe there's a symbolism of why we needed the mountain over our heads. There was a symbolism. Go to the back page. Go to the back page. Ki hechidi is bonenu v'yedu, delo srara nitna lohem ela avdus. Yes, it's a privilege to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But we also have to know it's an ol. It's a responsibility. It's even a burden, we might call it. It's a, it's a burden, of, a, a pleasurable burden. A burden that we have to recognize as a gift. Right, there's never been greater Hester Panim to a nation. But it's Taryag Mitzvahs. But it's an Avoda. Because we're Avadim. And he quotes a halacha that maybe we're not familiar with. But once you see the halacha, you're like, hey, that's, that's familiar. The Gemara says in Masechah Yavamis, how do you, when you're Tovel, when you're Matbal and Eved Kna'ani, to be an Eved, what do you do? An Eved Kna'ani is a non-Jew who is becoming partially Jewish. So what do you do? You put him in a mikvah. Beis Vilas Eved Lavaduso. Nitna Alacha. Bahadi Dadali Reisha Bamaya. When his head is in the water, when he's in the mikvah, Anchale Zulta Datina Reisha. You put like a pail, not to hurt, just to put a pail above his head to symbolize he's being Tovel L'Shem Avdus. Again, we don't have this status today. But the symbol of putting a pail over the head, that's what you do for Ubanachas Klizen Ases Tilaso Tilas Avdus. So this Misa symbolizes and reflects Avdus. Suggests Rav Asher Weiss here, maybe that was Naseb and Ishma. Hashem held the mountain over our heads as a simon of Avdus. 
Yes, I'm going to be there for you, but you got to be there for me. I'm your Adon, but you're my Eved. Recognize that. Yes, Nasav and Ishma. It's Besimcha. It's a privilege. But we have to recognize it's an Avdus too. And it's not just, you know, we live in a generation of, if I'm not feeling it, I don't have to do it. No, there's a commitment. There's a commitment of being an Eved Hashem. And Eved Hashem, we should try our best to recognize that commitment, recognize the gift of being Avde Hashem, but it's the balance of Nasev and Ishma and Kafalayim Hahar Kigigis. Okay, we'll stop here. And next week, again, we'll pick up with Parshas Naso, which uh, will be available uh, a week ahead for the Bnei Chutz Laretz, and then in a couple of weeks after that, we'll um, they'll be balanced out again. Okay, we'll stop here.